You're listening to Radio Primavera Sound, proudly presented by Cupra. Welcome to the Weekly Review, the radio show where two adults are lost at sea among the storms and the hurricanes and the rough seas of uncertainty. On today's episode, we ponder on things like King Charles's not being able to find anyone to sing at his coronation, the backlash the weekend faces for a new TV show he's producing with the creator of Euphoria, and we are very excited to announce a new headliner for this year's Primavera Sound in Madrid and Barcelona. Hit it! Forgotten the name and the address. What am I doing, Ben? Sing it, sing it, sing it more. That way they can't take us down on Spotify because it's you singing it. It's nothing. Unless you sing it so well, it's indistinguishable from the original. Well, I'm singing just as well as Bernard Sumner does live. Uh, He is (laughs) not. (laughs) Johan, don't say that. You're a horrible poet. Look, I love New Order more than I love strawberries and yogurt. Seriously, this is like one of the most surprising and great uh, greatest news. First of all, because we have been told countless times that no, no, that's the lineup of Primavera Sound. No more additions, no more surprises. I mean, yeah, there might be like DJs announced for some of the Boiler Room sets. Yeah, they haven't room. announced Boiler Room yet, have they? Yeah, you know, that, that, but New Order. New I mean, Order. Jesus. I mean, first of all, this is like the triumvirate, right? We've got Depeche Mode, <laughs> Pet Shop Boys, and now New Order. I mean, completely. come on. Come on, that's that's the trouble. Well, it's the triumvirate, isn't it? It's the history of of of, of very popular synth pop, uh, British synth pop, to be uh, more um, categorizing. Uh, and uh, you're listening to Regret of one of my favorite albums, Republic. Uh, later later phase New Order or nineties phase New Order. It's a big thing. It's a big thing. Um, what? But the funny thing, the other day we were in the office and one of our colleagues who's more or less our age, Ben, was... Uh, well, asked, like 28. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, she was asking one of her younger team members, uh, who's probably 24 maybe, if she knew what this song was. And she played her Blue Monday. And the girl, she was just totally unfazed. She's like, no, what is this? She's like, you don't know the, You don't know Blue Monday? What about this one? And she played her Bizarre Love Triangle. And she was like, no, never heard this in my life. And this is a girl who goes out, you know, she, she goes... To clubs and things and it's like wow are we that is new order that much of an older band that gen z or whatever gen doesn't know well i thought i had the impression that new order were quite well known amongst young, younger people because there was a big trend for people doing those like acoustic covers of their songs i never really quite approved of you know people doing like bizarre love triangle and acoustic kind of version oh. a very like cutesy kind of way yeah hotel um, lounge but then now i'm thinking that was actually quite a long time ago as well like and it's just modern in my mind was that we, like novel vag that band that did like covers of joy division and the clash yeah no but it, it was quite a few people you'd hear like somebody like popping up in fact i think i had one just the other day someone doing like a, a an acoustic cover of bizarre love triangle i, was like, I don't i don't have time for this but i i don't know who's popular with young people like as i said like um a few years ago, um, me and my wife went to go and see Björk. We got a babysitter in. The babysitter had no idea who Björk was. Whoa. I know. And now, apparently, Björk is, is all that with the young people. So, like, I, I don't know. Like, you know, New Order should be. I mean, I could I could tell them why they should listen to New Order, but, like, that would be, that'd be a bit boring. If only we, don't, we could ask Mar, but Mar is on strike. Uh, yes, Mar is on. It is, it is March 8th, by the way. Uh, we stand alongside our, our colleagues who are um, uh, striking today to... Um, 
um, raise awareness for equal rights, equal pay, and, uh, and and basically the pursuit of total equality. That's what we love about feminism. Um, New Order, uh, going back to New Order, uh, it's funny that the Well, they've had, they've added this name. I was thinking when there was rumors here in the offices about, oh, there's going to be a new lineup, uh, a new artist announced at four in the afternoon yesterday. I was thinking, oh, uh, will it be a, a reggaeton star or, you know, s someone that connects with the, the younger audiences? But no, 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 no. It's it's just like one of those sort of like, you know what? Uh, the, uh, the the offer has, uh, has come and it's like, why not? Let's just add another artist into there. Um, Somebody, I, I, I was uh, on the internet uh, looking at sort of Reddit and things like that, yeah. and, and someone was like, "Oh, aren't New Order terrible?" I was like, "Oh no, 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 oh, New no. Order, are very, very, very good." I think maybe in the '80s they were a little bit sort of um, unreliable because they had all those machines, you know, yeah. that were kind of running and they'd all get hot, like the synthesizers would get too hot and they'd blow up and that kind of thing. But, mm. And but like last time I saw them, last two times I saw them, they were amazing, just hit machines, hits from start to finish. That's what you know. That's why I was singing at the beginning. That is going to be an incredible karaoke moment for all of us of a certain age uh, <laughs> while we're watching that gig. Because I mean, you just take the. There's so many hits, so many memorable songs, so many th songs that you love singing to. And as I said earlier, because Bernard Sumner isn't the most gifted tune carrier in 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 live music, it's part of his appeal. I think I love Bernard Bernie's kind of um, look he, he had to replace Ian Curtis when I mean how many bands can pull off a second act like that very few very few you know more from Joy Division from the tragic loss of uh, Ian Curtis and all of a sudden reinvent yourselves as a synth pop act coming from post-punk you know you, 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 you become like canonized as like the ultimate band for post-punk you know dark kind of moods uh, Northern England Manchester Grey Skies you know you've got Bauhaus and you've got Joy Division and then everyone else following suit and then you reinvent yourself as this super incredible uh, melodic hyper-colored mm, neon synth band which also has a little bit a, a little bit of the doom in the first albums but uh but then they're kind of just joyous uh Bauhaus from the Midlands rather than the north yeah sorry. so did you see them when they played last year yeah I was watching Nick Cave oh boy oh that was a that was a tricky decision I I went and I was They were amazing, amazing. I might add, I was watching Nick. Oh, here we go, here we <laughs> Nick go. Cave with Captain Andor. <laughs> with, with oh, that Diego was when Luna. that happened. Yes, ah, yes, yes. And he let me have his coat because I was a bit chilly up there. <laughs> Up there on the tower, the director's <laughs> in the golden I, I, tower. Yes. Where, oh, you, you know. were down there watching Bar House with the plebeians. I was up on the tower, feeling a little <laughs> bit chilly next to a very famous Hollywood star. Yes, and yeah. I was drinking white wine. <laughs> I, anyway. I was drinking bat's blood. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. So the on, the only thing that could make things a little bit more extra about New Order uh, securing their place in music history among the young people who are going to be at Primavera Sound learning, you know, seeing bands for the first time is if they get Hooky back on board, can Peter Hook please rejoin? I know that he's expressed publicly his desire to bury the hatchet. They they they've, they parted uh, very... Uh, uh, They parted ways in bad, you know, they, they argue a lot over stuff and he's been continuing with Peter Hook and the Light playing playing New Order and Joy Division Which I'm songs. totally in for, in for, like, you know, I'll definitely go and see that. Yeah, yeah, and he's such a magnetic bassist. He's so iconic, the, the low-slung bass. Uh, the, you know, his presence, him and Bernard on stage and obviously Gillian and Stephen in the background, 
Uh, I just want the full the full Monty, right? Uh, so could it happen? Could it? You know, there's no there's no word there's no word that I've found about them sort of in talks to sort of um, yeah make that happen. Do you know what gets me that? Like, I'm sure like Hooky's an absolutely lovely person, yeah. right? And I'm sure Bernard and the rest are absolutely lovely people. Yeah. It's just like I, I get it. You know, you're touring, you're in a band for this time, you get on each other's nerves. Like, apparently, Hooky used to eat crisps in a way that annoyed Bernard. I get it. You annoy each other, but like. Just can you just get back together? Like I'm. It's precious. It's so precious, isn't it? Because it's one thing if like someone's a complete dick. You're like, I get it. You don't want to be in a band with them. But like, come on, then they've annoyed you maybe, and I get that. And maybe you've had legal problems, and I get that as well. But just, just. I I want to paraphrase. I I love that little bit of an interview that Matt Healy from the 1985. (laughs) (laughs) The 1975. And they say we don't know what young people like. And <laughs> oh God, what a boomer. And he's like talking about Oasis, you know, like not playing together because they're in a mod. And I'd, I hadn't re- heard that word before, mod, which is like a, a sort of Manchester or Northern English expression for being a bit grumpy, isn't what it? What about the Arctic Monkey song, Mardi Bum? Mardi Bum. Mar- yeah. That's when I realised, like, oh, Mardi um, Bum. When you're a Mardi Bum, you're sort of a curmudgeon, you know, like a grumpy person who's like negative and stuff. And he goes on to say, like, if you're in like the biggest band in the world and you're not playing because you're in a mod with your brother, I'm not having it. Well, same thing for New Order. You, you know, stop marding. <laughs> stop marding. Just put the, bury the hatchet. Get on with it. You're an iconic band. You're part of the history of British music. Uh, you, you managed to survive uh, and continue uh, a, a terrible loss. Uh, just get back together. Come on. Uh, all you have to do is get get on stage. You don't have to like hang out afterwards. You can travel in separate buses or separate... Uh, exactly, yeah. Uh, there's ways. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. If you had to, if you had to choose Joy Division or New Order? <sighs> ah... What does that imply? Like, if we had the power to resuscitate Ian and, and no, if you can only listen to one of them, for, you know, for the rest of your life. That's a that's a bastard question, Ben. I, I, I try. Oh. I'm, I've got old Jeremy Paxman. I do. I, I. So when I'm in a when I'm in the mood for Joy Division and I want to walk around with my coat with my with my coat coat neck popped up and uh walking through the rain and stuff i love listening to to closer especially the the side two of closer but but new orders happy moments or just their just their moments there's so many new order songs that i love celebrating and listening to in a club or in a gig so I don't know, but I but I do like the sad boy energy that I have when I'm listening to you know unknown pleasures. Urgh. Ah, I, I I can't choose. I can't choose. It's like having two kids and and like, you know, who do you save from jump, jumping off the cliff? Like, you know, you're with the villain and you're you're facing a villain. It's like I'm gonna shoot one of your kids. You got to choose. It's like just shoot me. <laughs> Obviously, like no, you can't. I'm sorry, I'm I'm, paying a, I'm getting into the mood of making a movie up. Uh, I can't choose, Ben. I can't. I'm trying to weigh it out that way. Like, who would I rather see live? Like, travel back in time. New Order playing in 1987 or, 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 or 1995 when they've gotten Regret out. Or seeing Joy Division in Paris in... 
I don't know, Ben. Uh, see, in in that circumstance, I'd go for Joy Division. But in the if I could only listen to one for the rest of my life, I'd go New Order. Because I just think there's, I mean, there's so much more range to New Order, and they're more developed. Yeah, and it would hurt. Like it'd be awful not to listen to Joy Division again. It really, really would be. But like, if I had to, I'd go New Order. It's just like imagine not ever being able to hear like. Uh, true faith again. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know, when you're just in that mood, you're like, oh. they even they even made one of the possibly the only decent football song. Remember when you know bands yeah, would pick yeah, songs yeah. for the English uh, selection at World Cups? Was that World in Most? World in Most? Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. A, that's a very decent song. Three Lions by Lightning Seeds is, gets my thumbs up. I like that song. It's coming home. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's the history of music. I mean, New Order. Uh, come on, kids, get on board. Is to make your Spotify playlist. They're just waiting for something to happen on TikTok. Or if they get co-opted by some trendy show on Netflix, it'll happen for them because the songs are there. And it's like Kate Bush is running up that hill. You know that that's a perfect song and it's timeless and it just needs to be recontextualized in like a, an episode of Euphoria, like a epic ending. Well, I wonder like maybe even Stranger Things could get some new order on, you know, because like that it is pretty 80s you know they've got some classic maybe they're maybe they're a bit too upbeat i don't know but... thing is love would tear us apart would be a great co uh what do you call it cosign no uh when, when you when you put a song in a series a uh, sync a sync that would be a good sync for stranger things because tear apart is also like a visual you know like eleven's always kind of tearing herself apart and like ah, tearing worlds apart and using her kinetic superpowers and stuff <laughs> So her separating from Finn, you know, like sacrificing herself for the the upside down world or whatever to not come into the real world. And then I could see that, you know, being the, the posthumous scene, you know, when there's still a, like a future to look forward to. I don't know. Or uh, when they're literally being torn apart. Yeah. Uh, you know, li- like. Yeah, guts her and Vecna, you know, like, it's for turn. But it was beautifully used in Donnie Darko. See, Donnie Darko is the kind of movie, and it's like probably 20 years old now or something. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. They did a 20th anniversary. That is a film that could resonate so much with Gen Z because it's got the sort of gothy elements and it sort of had that kind of 80s soundtrack to Tears for Fears song. I mean, remember how Mad World, the the Gary Lucas cover became like a massive number one uh, because it's one of those perfect songs that it just needs a revamp or someone else to do a cover of it or whatever and it becomes part of the, the zeitgeist again. It can happen to Joy Division and it can happen to New Order. It just, yeah, uh, sinkers, uh, sink responsible re- uh, people who do sinks. Um, uh, sinkers. Bring, bring, get sinkers. On it, sinkers. Get on New Order, damn it. Uh, it's there. It's there for us. It never abandons us. Okay. Uh, abandons us. Can I just say, I love New Order so much that when the last time I saw them, um, you know uh, how they go, now I stand here waiting. Mm-hmm. Right now I stand. <laughs> when, when they do that. <laughs> Barney actually looks at his watch as like a sort of cheesy like ah, expression and I still love them and I, I love that it was oh, so God. good they were so good as like yeah 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 bless them um, so New Order uh, are playing Primavera does that mean are they sub- substituting someone or no it was just announced it's so. just announced yeah I've read the press release there's no there's no there's no bad news uh, on any front. No, I, I looked. I looked for that as well. I was like, oh, don't, don't, don't tell me. But no, 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 couldn't so, see any. 
Because all of a sudden my girlfriend's like, it's not, they're not replacing the press mode. It's like, there's no way the press mode are not playing. From, like, they, they, they mm, well, let's not jinx. <laughs> Jesus. Imagine that. That would be catastrophic. No, no. Let's not think these thoughts. Anyway, uh, New Order are performing at Primavera Sound Barcelona in the first weekend of June and Madrid on the second weekend of June. But I'll tell you where they will not be playing. King Charles's coronation. Uh, <laughs> yeah, neither will anyone else. Neither so will anyone it, else. Now there are people playing, but I, I, I actually feel bad for King Charles. It, like no, the the way they're 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 creating this narrative that nobody wants to play at his <laughs> wedding. I mean, look, he's been turned down by Adele, and she hasn't given a reason. Like she's just like unavailable. Sorry, uh, Harry Styles, Spice Girls, and even Ed Sheeran has turned down to, uh, uh, their invitation to play at the Corrie. Like, Harry Styles says that, and, and Elton John, they both say that they've uh, got they've got touring commitments and they just can't find a way of, like, detouring from their tour. And it's like, come on, you can all jump on a private plane to well, come and Sheeran, play. Well, Ed Sheeran, he's just playing his acoustic guitar. You know Ed what I mean? Sheeran it's has like... no, like, back line. It's just him and a fucking, uh, sorry, and a, and a few, <laughs> a few uh, a box of pedals, isn't it? And it's like, who, like... First of all, no act wants to fill in to be sloppy seconds to Ed Sheeran. Like, it's ah. like I'm not going to be the person filling in Ed Sheeran. So, so that's like even a dangerous turn down because it's like, oh God, if Ed Sheeran turns down, like who's going to want that stuff? It's just going to be like desperate people who want attention, like The Darkness or I don't know who I've got total love for. for right, I was about to say, I like, love the for, I like The Darkness and, and, and um, Justin Hawkins. As, as a YouTuber, I love his YouTube channel, uh, shout out. Um, but, you know, I mean, and I can see Elton John turning down because he was such good mates with Princess Di. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's yeah, like, yeah. I'm not going to betray my friend's memory by playing at you who, you know, who you were so nasty to her. Um, but who else? Do you know what's going to sting even more? The fact that whenever there was like a, a Queen uh, Elizabeth II thing, gig everyone's like yeah yes. my schedule elton and robbie and like all the kind of all the kind of biggest and there was a really interesting thing about this actually in in um i think it was a rolling stone article talking about it now as you know i am not a fan of the monarchy um and um i was not a fan of queen elizabeth ii and i'm not a fan of king charles the whatever he might be um but what I found quite weird is that a lot of people in this Rolling Stone article were saying like, oh, no, 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 no. We like the Queen, but like, you know, we're not going to like we're not going to play for, for King Charles, which I find a bit strange. It's like, well, you're still playing for the institution. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I, I didn't I guess I didn't know that there were such people who were like, oh, no, no, but it's all right for the Queen. But like kind of Charles, no, I found that a bit bit weird in a way yeah that just goes shows it goes to show how much her legacy was built on her, the respectability about you know how she was so uh she fulfilled her duty to the highest of her abilities whereas the crown and all the the the, the tarnished history of like you know colonization and and t and and, the, and the, the, how the commonwealth built its riches from robbing other people's lands and their minerals and their diamonds and their and their resources and slavery and all this you know i think a lot of people turn down it's easier to turn down the 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 king's crown shall we say than than queen liz but i don't get it because like what everything you said about colonization and robbing people's resources was exactly the same for her I you know. know what i mean it wasn't like she was in there like no let's not not to set up the commonwealth you know let's let's you know but you know it's i think what happened to artists 
back when, you know, to perform for Liz, it was also a way of making your mum happy because most of our mums, a lot of our mums were are, are, were all on board for Queen Liz. You know, uh, the mother, the, the 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 people who grew up during Liz's youth, shall we say, and post-war Britain and uh, Britain in the 70s. I don't know that they have. My mother has a was is very fond of Queen Elizabeth, as was uh, as are all her all have all the friends of her age of her generation, right? So that, so I can imagine Robbie Williams, Spice Girls, all these people having similar situations where like I'm doing it for just to please my mum because my mum's going to be real pr- or my parents are going to be real proud of seeing me pl- performing in front of Liz. Whereas now the crown is like you you've got your days your numbers counted. I mean. And Charles, I thought I was uh, the uh, anti-monarchic one, blimey! No, I know I can. You just pronounce the end of the monarchy. I've, I, I, <laughs> I just can't see, like you know, he's gonna, he's got a slender grasp on it. But by the time it's William's turn to b- become the king of England or whatever, pff, it's just a shit show by then. Uh, and you know, and and you've got the whole this, this. It's just too. The 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 mud is rising and rising, and the only one sort of keeping the lid on the mud was Queen Elizabeth because there was just I don't know her charisma, her. The way she was regard, regarded by the world as, you know, the Queen of England as an expression. It's like, oh, who do you think you are? The Queen of England. You know, it's like, it's almost like just a running thing. Like, look, this woman who's been sitting on a throne for 80 years. But King Charles, and and he isn't even the the least likable because he does a lot of eco-friendly work. He's an ecologist. He, he loves his gardening. Uh, he's he's in love with his his queen Camilla. You know, it's like he's not queen the, consort, queen I concert, think. queen consort exactly. But you know, it's it's a it's it's a love story. Even though I don't know the crown. doesn't like pens. Who loves it? Who likes pens? Yeah, yeah. who <laughs> likes pens? That, you know, the, the ink bloody over the top. You know, forget pens. He's though. fabulously dressed, but also I think because P- artists are so aware now of like doing a bad PR move. I mean. Look at the the flack that Beyonce got for performing in Dubai, right? It's like, look, Beyonce, you're Queen Bay, whatever, but oh, Dubai, you know, it's got all these things about uh, human rights uh, that are a bit shady. Uh, people, the, uh, I don't know how much an artist would be paid to perform at the Queen, the King's coronation. I guess none. Really? Yeah, or like maybe a really flat but a small fee, like you know, so it's not like an insult, but because it's all because it's taxpayers' money, isn't it? So I guess so. Yeah. So th- so then it's like if you get paid too much, the the taxpayers are gonna, there's going to be a lot of criticism from people. It's like what you know the the country's going through all these deficits and we've got like uh, our 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 health. What do you call it? Uh, the NHS. The NHS is like is is, is completely un, uh, unfunded, and and all these and, and education, all these major problems that we're having. And all of a sudden, you want to fork out taxpayers' money to pay like Robbie Williams or whatever. So I can imagine like artists thinking, "Look, it's not the time to." But if you're saying it's going to be like the American Super Bowl, where they get paid a symbolic kind of fee, or it's it's more about the prestige of performing at the coronation, I, I don't know, but I would be surprised if they got paid much. But it's one of the richest monarchies in the world, or it was, wasn't it? One of the richest monarchies. Like, couldn't like so if if. Charles, if Charles paid from his own personal estate, which is still, you know, funded on the, the pillaging of of the common, you know, on the Commonwealth and Your all that. Your mum's gonna kill you. I know. <laughs> sorry, mum. But uh, I'm just sort of thinking out loud. Like, there's just no way that someone like Ed Sheeran or Adele wouldn't get flack for accepting this paycheck, unless they did it for the honour. It's like, look, I'm a British citizen. I, I, I. I, I respect the, my crown. I'm going to perform for it. But they don't 
no, it's like, no, mate, the crown is without Liz, it's not. It's not an easy sell. Do you know who performed? I was looking this up at the Diamond Jubilee uh, concert in 2012. Who? <laughs> Grace Jones. Wow! <laughs> Grace Jones, I know. Wow! Because I was looking, I was like, look at the performers. Okay, right, okay. We got some people you might expect, like Robbie Williams and, yeah. you know, Jesse J and Gary Barlow, Cliff Richard, people like that. And like, oh, okay. Grace Jones, <laughs> slave to the rhythm. <laughs> slave, I know. And Grace Jones is Jamaican, isn't she? Wait, where's Grace Jones? Yeah, from? She's Jamaican. Jamaican. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamaican, Jamaican. Another country crazy. that's not not exactly, uh, yeah, the best uh, treatment at the hands of the British monarchy, shall exactly. we say? Exactly. And and Rolf Harris performed as well. So, Rolf Harris. Yeah, wasn't he like a convicted? Okay, damn it! What a, what a, what a lineup. Harris was convicted. This is from Wikipedia. Harris was convicted in 2014 of sexual assault. Of four underage girls, oh, which effectively ended his career. Rolf Harris, God, yeah, all, all of them. But um, but the the Spice Girls that does sting a little bit because there was that famous moment when they had a photo taken with Prince Charles many years ago at the height of their popularity, where I think it was Jerry Halliwell who managed to fit in a little squeeze of his bum or something. Or at least someone said he's like oh, <laughs> Spice Girls were really spicy. They, they, but they, you know, there's a photo of them posing with Prince Charles, and he looks so happy, like posing with them, you know. Um, and I thought, oh, that would have been a nice reunion. I don't know, uh, getting, but 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 they've turned down. Uh, oh, for lack of for lack of rehearsal time, it's like you don't really need to rehearse that much. I mean, <laughs> Victoria barely sings anyway. It's like what well, she wasn't in the band last time, out, was she? They, she did. You know, Victoria Be Beckham turned down the chance for that Spice Girl reunion at the O2 Arena, the the massive O2 yeah. Arena, because she went to bloody Sergio Ramos's wedding in Seville. His wedding, Sergio Ramos, who was David Beckham's teammate in Real Madrid, they went to. They went, I thought, well, that's very nice of Victoria to turn down, like, such a moment. And again, is it because of Ahmad? Stop marding. You know what the Spice Girls meant to legions and legions of women? Adele was in that show, like, crying, looking like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. I'm watching the Spice Girls, minus Victoria Beckham. And and just to go to <laughs> this wonderful wedding in Seville, it's like, look, a Spanish wedding is fun, but... I've been to a wedding in Seville, and it was great fun. <laughs> but, okay... Okay, now I don't want to be rude, but like Sergio Ramos doesn't seem like he's he'd have like the greatest of tastes, does he? Oh, it, oh, hang it, on, it who was, was it that played at his wedding? Wasn't someone really sh he tried to no, get Europe it, in or something like that? Yeah, because because his wife Pilar Rubio, a lovely girl, lovely gal. Uh, hang on, you know his wife? Yes, I've, I've hosted with her. Uh, I, I take it all back. No, no, but <laughs> but 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 it is true. She's really into like uh, 80s heavy metal and and especially Spanish uh, Spanish heavy rock. And her ex-boyfriend or husband was the singer of a, a, a Spanish hard rock band called Hamlet. Uh, so she's really into it. Like she's she's proper into like wearing the leather trousers and, you know, she's a proper rock chick. Uh, is that all right to say rock chick? Yeah, no, because I always see t-shirts. rocker, yeah. Rock chick, say. rock chick, all these t-shirts, rock chick, I rock chick, it's a hashtag, I don't know. Um, so people going to that wedding, they were fabulously dressed in like basically 
it looked like a Guns N' Roses video clip, uh, like the November Rain video clip. Like everyone was wearing like three three quarter coat jackets, like a little bit gothy, a little bit vampire interview with a vampire. All these like goth rings, um, and and it was a mixture of also a lot of gypsy uh, chic, uh, like uh, a lot of you know gypsy families, you know, from Seville, you know, attending the wedding and having that kind of look with you know the hair tied back. Uh, it was it was it was it was a fabulous fashionable document. Um, <laughs> obviously, a lot of fashion, high snobby fashion magazines were like, "What? What is this?" But it, it was fabulous. It was a fabulous celebration. Probably- and and I think I think because they were shooting a documentary for Amazon uh, on uh, Sergio Ramos, yeah. even though the images I don't think they appeared in the documentary, I think um, uh, Miss the, the Beckhams got a nice little. Um, gift bag, shall we say, for oh. attending the wedding. I don't know. This isn't a speculation that was running around in the press. So uh, apparently, ACDC, they tried to get ACDC but couldn't yeah. get Europe in. I've got to say, if I went to a wedding and Europe played the final countdown, I would be very, very up for it. <laughs> that would be astounding. Also, if you get Europe at your wedding, they're not going to be playing the B-sides, are they? No. They, they're full on, like, they're, they're playing that whole, that first album, which I adored as a child. I mean, like, Europe, when they the play, they play, like, the Razzmatazz. They're still big enough, right? Yeah. They, you know, they're not, like, they're not ACDC. Yeah, but they've got, they're, 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 they're on that nostalgia act, but they're, they're, they're also a bit of a legacy act, because they were so huge, but they still continued to be respectful in the hair metal, 80s hair metal kind of scene, especially all those Swedish bands. Uh, and Joey Tempest still looks great. <laughs> Like he still well, I interviewed them. What? Yes, but this was <laughs> <laughs> I was eight years old. No. no, when they did one of those reunions. What's your favorite yogurt? <laughs> Is that your real hair? Oh my god! Uh, no, they it was a reunion tour. This was this, but this still happened about twenty years ago, or yeah, twenty years ago, twenty years. Um, but Joey Tempest still looked as good as he did in the 80s you know he, he took he takes good care of himself it wasn't you know he still had the mane that luscious mane of hair see back in the day right <laughs> i always thought that uh the final countdown was a far better song than living on a prayer i mean i'd like i've got time for living on a prayer but the final countdown that really Ooh, was hang on if i had to choose be the final countdown for me yeah but it that that synth was really beautiful and catchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but come on, man, living on a prayer. It had the 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 key change. Whoa, <laughs> we're halfway there. Whoa. Amazing you know? video. If you haven't seen it recently, the flying around playing. Yes, yes. on, on <laughs> yeah. harnesses, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That blew my mind as a child. That was that's the first vinyl I ever bought. Slippery when wet. But you know, Dobby. the first record I ever bought was Vinyl Countdown. And that might have been the first cassette oh I was given. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're roughly the same age, man. We? Well, we are. You're just one year older. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. That's got to end, didn't you? <laughs> I am the youngest person at the table today because Mara is away. Should really be enjoying this talk of like, oh Europe. Oh my god! But, yes. Um. So you have, you've got the the scoop on who is playing the concert apparently. Oh yeah, oh, I, King I, Charles's I, coronation. So the ah, uh, so uh, they they are getting take that minus Robbie Williams <laughs> again because of a mod. Stop modding, you know. Take that without Robbie. 
He did reunite once with them, didn't he? Yeah, or, yeah, or, he did or, a tour or something. Or, or, he, or he came on to sing just one song or something like that. It's like, no, he did a tour. He did I a think. tour. I'm sure, yeah, 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 so, right. yeah. He likes money. Come on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but okay, you know, it's nice that the rest of that take that, you know, Gary, Gary Barlow and the, and the boys are still there. Uh, Kylie and Danny Minogue. That's a good booking. Yeah, Ky- you know, bless Kylie. Uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber is going to be oh, involved. Uh, that U.S. Motown legend Lionel Richie. With, you know, Lionel Richie's always had a fabulous career in the U.K. as well as as, well as, as in the rest of the world. That's nice of him. Um, and uh, Ollie Mers, Ollie Mers, who's very popular in in the in the U.K. and the Coronation Choir will also play a prominent role in the concert, bringing together choir groups from across the U.K. such as Refugee Choirs, NHS Choirs. LGBTQ plus signing singing groups and deaf singing choirs. So yeah, uh, okay, uh, good good on you, um, King. I think this is going to be the worst gig since the festival of Brexit. <laughs> what was there a festival of Brexit? I'm I'm slightly uh, exaggerating. They they were they planned to put on this thing called the festival of Brexit. Oh god! And, oh yeah 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 yeah. That's, that's who that's was who, who was going to play that? Or well, in the end, uh, it wasn't a. They didn't do a musical thing. They did like I think various art installations or something like that. And they didn't call it the festival of bricks. That they called it like the, the something or other. But oh, like God. Um, but there was like actually in the uh, unboxed dash uh, hyphen creativity in the UK. There we go. Um, great. Uh, it was a public cost of 120 million pounds. Brilliant. 120. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know. I know. Uh, right. Look, you know, uh, I was thinking of bands that could fill in to play for the King's Coronation. Remember that new wave 80s band led by Paul King called King? Yeah. 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 You know, they had a few hits there in the 80s, you know. They, 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 good, that good. would be a, an yeah. ideal, you know. Hey, they're called King. Uh, kings of convenience, while not British, they do make music that's ideal for gardening, which is His Royal Highness's Good. Uh, one of his favorite hobbies. Good, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, UB40, because they had a very peng song called King, one of the few songs that was actually an original song and not a cover. <laughs> well, no, they had many original songs. But I think UB40 is the kind of band that, that I don't know. What does what does Prince, what was Prince, does, did King, Ta- no, so, I still think of him as Prince Charles. Did he ever express what his favorite bands were? Or what? He didn't. He never seemed like he was into like contemporary pop music like Diana was. Okay, so there, I, I remember. I remember something about this. Like when I was a kid, like him. Apparently, there was like one one band he really liked, and it was some sort of like vocal trio kind of thing. The kind of thing like, um, yeah. well, I, 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 I keep on wanting to say, I think it might be. Hang on, the three degree. I think. Yeah. Um, who? But I, I swear. Those... But is he more into like opera and like sort of or, or chamber music and stuff? And he doesn't. I don't know. He's, he's such a classic. Well, apparently he he did um he did a program in which he talked about his uh, uh it was a special radio show for the Hospital Broadcasting Association to thank NHS staff and volunteers. No pay rise. <laughs> you get you get a radio show, uh, and uh, he um. He revealed some of his favourite songs, uh, Given Up, Given In, The Three Degrees, Don't Rain On My Parade, Barbara Streisand, La Vie en Rose, Edith Piaf, Upside Down, Diana Ross, which is a banger. No no argument with that. Um, the Click Song by Miriam Makeba, um, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, lots of things I haven't heard of. Why doesn't he get Diana Ross to perform? She's touring, isn't she? She just released an album not so yeah, long ago. Yeah, I think. With Tame Impala. Well, she had a song. Oh, that, that was great, wasn't, wasn't it? That great. 
I think she performed for the Queen as well, didn't she? Yeah, I think. Yeah, and, and you know, I don't think she's got any issues with with whatever. Anyway, uh, another artist who we can guarantee yes. is not going to be playing or invited really to perform <laughs> at the King or allowed within a hundred kilometers of the <laughs> of, 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 of the of the palace is Slow Tie. This is our. Undisputed album of the week. Uh, I was disputing it uh, yesterday, but I've listened to it a few more times. And no, this is nothing, nothing great about Britain. No, sorry, no, nothing. That, that was his previous album, wasn't it? Uh, that was his first album. This one is called Ugly. Ugly. Sorry, yeah, so I was just reading off here. Ugly. Uh, it's a, it's the it's it's the record that I, I guess you could sum it up as being in, in a way contextualizing it as the backlash he faced from. Uh, an award ceremony, enemy awards, where he got a little bit leery with the crowd members and stuff, and you know he faced a lot of backlash on social media and stuff, and he he fell into a bit of a depression. Well, a lot of that anxiety and a lot of those feelings are present on this record, but my God, especially the amount of musical styles, and it's all like gritty and punkier. Ben, give us give it give me your lowdown. Well, I think that you're right. That I I really like it when people don't do what you expect of them, um, and. And it works. And this, you've got like loads of things. I mean, like, there's probably only one rap song on yeah. the whole album. Mm. Um, and there's lots of uh, songs which are like quite electro beats, a lot which are kind of rock, a lot which are really punk. Um, and it ends with a ballad. And it's just like, I did not, well, well like a, a nursery rhyme, yeah. I think I said 25% club, which is like an acoustic guitar. Um, and he really makes it work for him. I, I think I read some of that he was like, um, he was thinking back to the times, you know, when he was young and him and his mates would be in like sort of shit punk bands, you know, but they would loved it because they're all kind of playing together. And he was like basically looking back to those times and trying to recreate it. Um, and it turns out it's something he's really good at, which I wasn't expecting at all. Um, I mean, I, I, I like him. I'm not like his biggest ever fan, but this really kind of like surprised me. And it's so intense. Like the, 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 um, the, the opening track. Uh, whose name? What is it? I've got it here. Uh, uh, yum, that's yum, it. yum. That's it. Um, he's like, he's got this breathing on. He's like breathing in, breathing yeah. out, and he's like talking about like what his therapist said him to do. And it's like no, but it doesn't work. Like I can't, I can't, I can't breathe in. Also, the other thing is he's got a great shout. Like I don't think like yeah. or, or a scream or a snort. Or, you know what? Like a bit like I think we both compared it to Frank Black. Yeah, you know, and that's hard. Like yeah. really, really hard to actually scream in a really good way. Um, and, um, yeah, just like really, really, really great songs. Like, and it reminds me of the Libertines in a way. It's bizarre. Yeah, especially, uh, I know what you mean about the the, the, the comparison to Libertines because there's that kind of vocal sound on some songs where it's as if he's had like five pints of beer and it's almost like Pete Doherty when he'd, he had that kind of... Growl I think he was on something stronger than maybe something stronger than <laughs> five lagers. Pete Doherty, that is but, not. A... Yeah, but but but, uh, but slow tie has it. That's why I think it's a great British record because it got it has that kind of punk energy from the Libertines, but also the like more intense punk from bands like that vibe of Sleaford Mods, where where it's it's snarly, you know, and it's got that clenched teeth kind of snarl, breathing like a mad dog facing a pack of wolves, like on Yum. Um, speaking of Wolves Selfish track too It reminds me of that Buzzing motoric Kraut rock sound On TV off the radio's Wolf Like Me uh, So you know The the album takes off Like a jet plane And, in, and initiates Like a scorched earth assault 
but then he gets like kind of jiggy on the third track with a northern soul kind of beat. As if really he's... quite light, isn't it? It's like yeah. bizarrely like I think that's the one I've been playing on on the radio. Just it's like, hey, work, you know. But northern soul, like danced to by like mods who like to get yeah, into yeah, fights, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. with with rockers, you know, that kind of like northern soul. Uh, then he moves on to this kind of punky groove bass uh, from the punk, uh, the the dance punk days on Feel Good. You know, it's sim- it, it could fit on a playlist with songs by The Raptor or Radio 4. I mean, imagine this performed at Glasto. I mean, where, where you have that kind of generation who did witness the dance punk uh, glory days. Uh, that's going to fit in nicely. Right, I've been to Glastonbury yeah. and I can tell you, I'm pretty sure Slow Tight is playing this year. Um, I did check that, hang on. Um, and there are going to be lots of people going past, like, singing this song, singing the song like Happy. You know, they're going to be like, they've had a few drinks at the end of the night. They're going back to their yeah. tent. They're maybe swaying or it. Yeah. And they are singing that song. That yeah. is, it's perfectly, perfectly, perfectly um, put together for that kind of thing. And, um, yeah, he is playing. And that is, that's a real compliment to be able to write something. You just know people are going to be like, arm around there, mate. Yeah. Let's get back to the tent. I'm a bit tired, a bit pissed, but I'm going to sing this song. You know, we saw him earlier. Yeah. That's, I, I love songs like that. Yeah. 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 Apart from Mr. Brightside, I can't stand that song. <laughs> Let's not get into the killers because I just have this image of Spare, what's his name? Prince Harry, uh, that meme where he's being interviewed. Sorry, but because we were talking about the royals yeah. before, there's that meme where uh, he's being interviewed at a military base, maybe in Afghanistan or something, and he's being interviewed and all of a sudden there's like a site, an alarm or something, like they're doing a drill and he just takes off running and they put like the killer's Mr. Brightside uh, starting and the meme is like when they start playing Mr. Brightside at the disco <laughs> and you're at the bathroom and all of a sudden you're like, oh, and you run to the dance floor. Ding, 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 ding. I don't know, silly. Uh, silly George. Um, <laughs> but yes, the uh, uh, Slow Tie has made a record for many appetites. Uh, never again. You said it's like a drunken ballad at first, but then all of a sudden it almost becomes drum and bass. Yeah, like, like, they're sort of like drums and the bass they're playing. Yeah, like, or, or, or that fast kind of uh, jazzy drumming, like uh, like the one that these young, incredible, talented kids. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Domi and JB Becker, JD Becker playing. No, it's like drum and bass never went away. It's like the reliable uncle who's always showing up for free biscuits and tea and the promise of meeting new crumpet in the neighborhood. <laughs> By this point. More drum and bass. <laughs> Drum drum. Base to a pervy uncle. <laughs> the pervy uncle. But, I'm, but by this point, and it's only track five, uh, Never Again, I'm marveling at the clarity he's had selecting so many like sounds and drum patterns for, for to sing on and, and in so many different registers. Uh, what, I love the title, Fuck It Puppet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, do you know a song? I, I, What's Funny, I think, is a really great song. Reminded me a bit of Song 2 by Blur. Yeah. You know, you know, like how Song 2's got that just like, oh, right, we'll just do this kind of song like this, you know, and don't, don't read that. And it's brilliant. Uh, it's got that kind of thing. It sounds like he was just like, all right, you know, come on, you know, play, play a few chords. And, let's, uh, and, and he does it. Again, I love songs that sound like that. And I like, I love the fact, if I may, he's got a song called Tourniquet, and he mispronounces it throughout the entire track. He's like, Tourniquet. Well, maybe he's making. Maybe he, someone might have corrected him, and it's like, well, I'm going to say it like I've always thought it yeah. was saying, just as a reference to his younger self or something. I wonder how much because he made he recorded with Gorillas with Damon, and he and he performed last year at Primavera Sound uh, on the Gorillas stage, and that was such a beautiful moment watching Damon in his fifties connecting like 
elder brother to like young slow tie like you know they, they were looking into each other's eyes especially when there's a moment in the song where where, it's, where you know it's like a punk song where they start shouting at each other and they're like grinning from with from ear to ear uh damon's actually playing the guitar in it and slow ties like looking at him and and it was just this incredible chemistry on stage i was looking at it on the big screens and you could see them wrap and close and it was it was a beautiful moment i wonder how much of that experience influenced the making of ugly i'd love to ask him about that i do i, I do see quite a lot of um damon Albarn in slow tie yeah like it's kind of like if you know, I guess what Slow Tie is twenty years younger or something like that. So if like Damon Albarn had grown up twenty years uh, later, then he'd probably listen to a lot more hip hop, and he kind of not. Uh, it's probably quite likely. He might more. Have Damon only listens. Seems like he only listens to hip hop, judging from. <laughs> no, but in the early days, I mean, yeah. like you know, like Blur were, were an indie band. Yeah. I probably grew up listening to kind of like quite a lot of the indie specials music. and the jam. Yeah, and, and, and maybe if he'd grown up twenty years later, he'd have made some. He'd have started yeah. off, but like slow time. Now they're kind of coming together. Uh, I know like, what you mean. That, if yeah. that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Plus, Damon's also got a, a long history of him performing a bit Larry at award shows, <laughs> uh, and it's all on YouTube. Award shows? <laughs> oh yeah, Damon Alman would always be pissed at award shows and and getting up and receiving awards and saying whatever whatever came out and. And and he, I remember he was kind of looking back on it and and kind of feeling embarrassed, but at the same time thinking, look, we were young, uh, Britpop, we were the, one of the biggest bands. <laughs> we celebrated. We were talking about this, weren't we? About how like I need to read Alex James's. You book. do because it's one of the best books ever written. It's is it a, blurred? Is it no? A bit of a blur. A bit of a blur. That's it. A bit of a blur. Because and I've I said this to you before. Because he like it's the absolute opposite of those um, memoirs where they're like oh, I regretted it. It was all terrible. It's basically like yep, I had a brilliant time and that's it. <laughs> and now I've got loads of cash and a farm and a farm. And it's brilliant. And I make my own teas. It's like God, what a life plan. Uh, What's it? Uh, yes, the Pete Doherty comparison comes up to me on the song Ugly, no? It, yeah, it, yeah. Snarly but woozy. Uh, it's, and it's got this kind of shoegazy kind of guitar uh, in the background, which is kind of a perfect song to end a, end a show because it's kind of ascending and it just leaves you kind of elevated. But at the same time, it's got a, that kind of ballady kind of feel to it. And Tourniquet uh, was even quite prog, I thought. Yeah, Which yeah. I'm really not expecting. Prog is Prog is back. Black Midi was saying, well, they, you know, like bringing Kim Crimson back into the fold and doing covers of them. Prog is Prog is cool, Ben. Apparently now for Gen Z, uh, it's the 50th anniversary of Dark Side of the Moon. Is it's, it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, 50th. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Um, and uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. If, if, no, oh, well, we're, we're, I'm sure we'll have a bit of time. Should, should we listen to? Uh, or shall we? Hang on. We're, we already played Slow Tide, didn't we? Uh, shall we? The other album you wanted to talk about. Uh, I'd uh, there's not much time for that. I'd rather we talk okay, about okay. since we were talking about prog. Let's talk about the the weird age jazz that's been that's been happening on tiktok rob my dear do not play the next song on the playlist i would rather you play something from mono neon mono neon is a, a very gifted performer uh, mainly known for his bass playing and his uh, very caricaturesque and colorful bright looks and his youtube channel where he where he makes uh, where he shows video tutorials of how to play certain songs and stuff and and recordings right ben well, what he does, I mean, is what we heard there. The big thing, I mean, he's got loads of things going on, but the big thing uh, he does, well, that 
got my attention is he gets like sort of viral videos and then as you heard he kind of impersonates or sort of mimics what they're saying on his bass yeah <laughs> and then makes a song out of it it's astounding how he does it so that it's inter it's interesting because we're in an age where social media and tiktok and videos are uh, viral videos it's just th there's this intersection shall we say of 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 what artists are capable of doing and i i'm i'm here for it i'm here for it for many reasons first of all I come from. I, I grew up in the days when it was magazines and music shows and radio shows that dictated what music got out there and what artists became popular and stuff. And now it feels very democratic, where people who ha who can create their profiles on social media can all of a sudden find audiences like Mono Neon, who is incredibly creative and incredibly invented and inventive and uses sense of humor to 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 get some of his talent across. Uh, and he actually performed in Spain recently. Uh, Rob went. Rob went. You went. To, you see Mono Neon? Good, no? Highly entertaining stuff. Uh, and I remember I had my sort of reserves when I discovered Mark Rebbe yet. Yeah, yeah. At yeah. first, because I thought, oh, okay, it's like this gimmicky guy who does these funny videos and stuff. But then it's like, hang on, this guy is incredibly talented. And, and, he's, and he's having a lot of fun with his musical talent because he's improvising, constructing songs and sampling and all this, that, the other. It's like, why is that any less, why is that going to be any less m m meritable than Kamasi Washington, you know? Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Kamasi Washington's amazing. I know. That's what I, what, sorry, how, how am I? So, so, so whereas I regard Kamasi Washington as like, wow, that is like the most respectable artist ever. I'll pay to see him live and stuff. Whereas at first, my impression with Mark Rebillet is like, ah, oh, this is novelty. It's because it's coming out of YouTube or I'm seeing it off stuff. I thought a bit less of it, less of him at first, but then it's like, oh, hang on a minute. No. Why would I think less of him just because I've discovered him through YouTube rather than Kamasi Washington, who I've been told about through prestigious journal music journalists. You know what I mean? I think one of the things I really like about these new sort of meme jazz people, I'm calling them yeah. meme jazz. Meme jazz, I like it. I'm um, is that when I <laughs> when I was growing up, like I, as many people, had a jazz phase. You know, I still really like jazz, but like, you know, I had a, a phase was like, yeah, I'm going to listen to jazz. It was yeah. very, very, very serious. And it was yeah. like, yeah, 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 no, you need to get your John Coltrane. You, exactly. Yeah. I didn't have a beard. That's probably But you were still stroking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like, and, and like buying the, the, the <laughs> records and being sort of very serious about it. But like, yeah, you know, this and this one is where he, he went beyond the modal form, you know, he'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and um, <laughs> like, <laughs> the modal form. I wonder why. <laughs> But strangely enough, no girls want to talk to me. No, why do we think? Why do we go through that age where we think liking these really sort of um, academic things is actually going to make us popular? With with and and find or, no, we do it out of general interest, obviously. But there's no way it's like going to get you uh, make earn you points in the club when you're screaming into a girl's ear like that meme. <laughs> I love like that, that meme. meme. Love that, yeah. I, lo I love the reverse meme, the one of the girl shouting into the guy's ear and, and yeah. I think she's pointing into the distance and, and they're making memes about, yeah, dude, because John Coltrane's uh, albums are like in, in, in got modal tones, <laughs> whatever. Um, but, but one of my favorite stories to come out of this whole kind of uh, TikTok gifted jazz moment that's happening is uh, uh what are the name domi and J, jd, JD beck. beck yeah 
I, I, first of all, how can you not love them? They're, they're, visually, they're eye-catching. They're perfect for the TikTok moment because, well, just like artists performing on the old grey whistle test or uh, Top of the Pops in the glam, the glam rock days when people were just like, wow, look at th this guy called David Bowie with his androgynous look and stuff. You know, image is an important part of getting music across or helping it connect, especially when it's edgier than the standard pop music, you know, when there's kind of edge. Well, here we've got two incredibly gifted musicians who are making this kind of futuristic, really sped up jazz. They're playing with Thundercat. They're playing with all these. And it's funny how they think of Thundercat as an elder statesman. And it's like, <laughs> Thundercat's young, damn it. And it's like, I know, it's but for them, it's... You've been older statesman. Like he's like, you know, Kamazi Washington, okay, he's a bit older, you know. No, because... he's not, he's not, he's not, you know. I think he's probably younger than Thundercat. Kamazi Washington is probably Kendrick Lamar's age, because uh, they played together and stuff, or they're more or less same age, and Kendrick's no older than thirty-five, I think. Or Okay, right. I'm gonna luckily the internet exists. I reckon uh Thundercat is older than Kamazi Washington. Do you think? All right, Kamazi Washington was born in 1981. Oh! Yeah, and Thundercat was born in 1984. So you're right. Yeah, Kamazi is a little bit old, but he's younger than They're both younger than me, so... Uh, but <laughs> Damn it. Um, uh, but Domi and uh, J.B. Beck, J.D. Beck, they are actually performing at Primavera Sound. I can't believe it. I, I only realized that just after reading that wonderful article. And uh, when you go to their website... Their about them section is just the hoot. Look, this is the description they put, right? They're obviously having a laugh. Domi is a 12-year-old saxophone prodigy from France. She developed her own unique sound by combining major thirds and major fourths. Not only is she the only living theoretical physicist, but she is the youngest person to receive a Nobel Prize in physics. J.D. Beck is a six-year-old sheep investigator from Texas. He received a PhD in quantum physics at Stanford University earlier this year. He has since devoted his life to smooth jazz and wishes to be taken seriously in the music industry. So I don't know what part of it is like joking or which, which part of it is like actually maybe true. Together, they, they continue. it continues to read together. They are the duo Domi and JD Beck. They've been gaining traction on social media since the summer of 2018 for their bodybuilding masterclasses and have been working on their, their debut album since the beginning of 2019. You know, remember when I said earlier of w wishes that we had for 2023, I wanted more more artists playing instruments rather than having programmed music and rapping over it or singing, I don't know, and 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 y'all call me a boomer. <laughs> well, uh, but look, these kids are making, mm, learning to play instruments and playing really fast and really like mm, geekily in a good way, uh, trendy uh, as their viewership. This is going to be the best gig. I've just been looking up. It's Saturday. Um, wow. And I reckon it will be early Early evening. afternoon? Early early evening. Well, you know? I reckon it will be like 7.30ish. And I say this from, yeah. I, I really don't I know. I don't know. We, we don't will know be the... there, won't we? Yes. Like a glass of white wine at hand? Yes. We've got to speak to them as well. I, I have the feeling that they'll probably be performing at the typical high point time when we're just doing in the best interviews of the day when we get all those sort of oh, that no, slot. Oh no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's going to be a hell of a Do you sacrifice. It's going to be one of those things where we get an interview with them they're like, "You come to see us." We're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." No. I I will lie this time and say yes even cuz yeah, yeah, I still was, feel bad that I said I told Laura Lee that no, I'm going to be working. I can't. <laughs> 
her face, the her poor face. woman. It was just like, just lie to me for crying out loud. I'm like it. to 20,000 people. I'm not going to know if you're there or not. God, I would love to slide into her DMs and say, I, 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 I'm I, really heartbroken. I didn't get to see you play live. They'll be back. They, haven't they announced? No, they will be back. Uh, anyway, uh, I'd rather see them in a venue anyway. Can I uh, can I say another thing I really like about Domi and JD Beck? Yeah. Is um, they, much like me, they love uh, John Coltrane and they do a version, <laughs> oh yeah, of uh, My Favourite Things, which uh, obviously he did his standard song, um, and uh, Giant Steps, uh, which is another of his big, big songs. Um, but uh, they, they've... Re- <laughs> they... Um, Rebaptized giant steps as giant nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Why giant nuts? Why? I t- I t- <laughs> well, this is the thing. It's like it's lovely when young people come into because jazz is thinks so much of itself, the genre, and it's mm. like oh, as we say, it's it's such a serious thing. And and jazz musicians always look down on other musicians because it's like yeah, you play your rock and roll or whatever. <laughs> we, we we know how to improvise for for. 30 hours and, and and nothing sounds exactly the same as it did. Uh, you all need to do repetition and stuff. Um, but I love how they're making jazz seem fun and youthful and bright and colorful. And it's just a very good thing for the genre. And uh, so, I mean, there aren't all that many jazz people playing at the festival this year. I was, I was trying to look it up. but uh, No, but we're having Incredible Salsa, which is a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eddie Palmieri, yeah. Eddie Palmieri, which is, you know, it's, it's, they're, you know, they're kind of cousins to jazz. No, salsa comes from a lot of the great salsa players come from playing jazz, I guess. I don't know. No, what am I saying? I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, but yeah, we have Eddie Palmieri, but no, we don't. We, hang on. Wasn't, no, no, Kamazi. No, damn it. No. Uh, hang on. We do have. No, I don't. I, I, I'm sorry, listeners. I do not know the Primavera Sound lineup by heart as I should by now. <laughs> um, but we do recommend you you come to the festival because Domi and JB Beck, JD Beck, <laughs> will be performing, and uh, Kendrick Lamar kind of brings a bit of the yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh, wouldn't it be great if he brought Kamazi along? Um, but no, it's not uh, impossible. Is it? It's not impossible. But but thing is, Kamazi's like for a while he just was touring, releasing records, touring, releasing records. He's been quiet for a while now. That means he might be about to release new music, or he's about to probably about to announce another tour. Uh, that's the beauty of jazz musicians; they tour so easily because. I don't know. It's just they just come and play. They don't. Oh no! I got a Frank Ocean. Oh, I just got to figure out my concept this time. I need to. I don't know if I want to have big screens and stuff. It's like just plug in and play, and stop marding. <laughs> you <laughs> like that word? Don't you? I love it. I love it. I, I just want to keep saying it. I want to see people arguing in the office, so I just so I can run up and say, "Stop marding! Get on with it." And uh, I'm afraid that's all we have time for, Ben. You, we didn't get to hear about the scariest film on Netflix. Maybe next time. It's not really the scariest, but yeah, well, we can talk about it next week. And uh, I do strongly recommend Kali Uchis's new album. I thought it was my other favorite album of the week. Uh, but I'll find time to talk about it. Uh, I talked about it on the Weekly Daily the other day, on um, last Monday. And, uh, and uh, I'm going to keep talking about it because it's a record to make love to. And no, we... we no, we've already... Yes, Valentine's Day already happened. When's San Jordi? Uh, April. April, which is kind of like the Catalan Valentine's Day. Yeah. 24th of April. No? Okay, so buy a book and make love listening to Caliente's... <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you, Rob Roman, for producing. This was The Weekly Review. Goodbye. Careful.